Discover the leader in you with Dr. Jason Carson. Former New England Patriot turned PhD, Dr. Jason brings a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the NFL Players Association, and the White House, each week, Dr. Jason will prescribe empowering, motivational, life-changing medicine for your soul. It's time to discover the leader in you. All right, everybody. Well, hey, I am excited to be with you today on Discover the Leader in You. And I think that you're really going to enjoy today's show. We're actually going to be talking about how organizations are trying to move into the global arena of business. And some are faring well, while others are struggling to make the leap. Leading in a global business environment can be very difficult and requires special care. And on today's show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Scott Garcher, who will be sharing his perspective on global leadership after nearly 20 years in the global transportation business. And that is nothing to shake a stick at. If you're talking about two decades in any business, especially the uh, global transportation business, that is something that to be applauded at the end of the day. So before we do that, though, I just want to remind all of our listeners that, you know, we want you to stay connected with us. We want you to go to the website at jasoncarthen.com and really, you know, connect with us. Send us notes, send us messages, but also uh, make sure you sign up for our three free success videos where you'll also be connected with the Monday Morning Leadership Minute. It's a great way to have business tips come right into your inbox and you also see what I'm doing, you know, whether, whether it's traveling or staying connected with others. You know, we definitely want you to go to the website, sign up, and stay connected with us. So, without further ado, though, I want to introduce Mr. Scott Garcher. And before I do that, I have to give you this long bio that is <laughs> very well put together. And I, I know Scott can hear me, and I'm just going to give him a difficult time here very briefly. But Scott Garcher is the manager of international business development for FedEx Custom Critical, a premium transportation provider based in Uniontown, Ohio. Focusing on the global expansion of premium air transportation solutions, Scott's team provides direction and strategic guidance to the company as they develop services in the three key regions of Latin America, Europe and Middle East, and Asia Pacific. Scott has held numerous leadership positions during his 20-plus years of employment in the transportation industry. He has led dynamic teams at FedEx Custom Critical in the air expedite, surface expedite, marketing, and communication areas. And Scott also holds a bachelor's degree in business management from Malone University, and he lives in the Akron area with his wife and two boys. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Carson. Glad to be here and uh, glad to be part of the glad to be part of the show. Yeah, no, hey, it's our privilege, Scott. I mean, I think that anytime someone has had this much experience with leadership in a business setting and especially in a global business setting. You know, that's something that we really need to glean from. We need to learn from because not many of us can say that they've had uh, two decades in business in any position. But, Scott, before we dive into some of the things that are in front of many of the uh, leaders today, what can you tell us about you outside of business? What are some of your interests? What do you like to do? Are you a avid golfer, ping pong player, <laughs> something like that? Or what do you like to do, Scott? Unfortunately, 
I sure enjoy the game of golf, but I don't think it enjoys me too, <laughs> too much. <laughs> okay. Uh, but just spending time with the wife and my two boys in Ohio, you know, we love being outdoors, love hiking, love fishing, and and just being out in the wilderness, uh, and enjoy that. So probably family time is number one and highest on my list. Uh, I'm an avid cyclist as well, too. I've done some uh, some pretty heavy-duty cycling in the past and, and just enjoy getting out and, and, again, another way to enjoy the outdoors. Wow. Now, Scott, you mentioned cycling. Now, I've heard a little bit about that, and I think you're downplaying it a little bit. <laughs> Can you give us a little backstory on the cycling, please? Well, yeah. So I, I did uh, – I've had the opportunity to compete in, in many different types of triathlons and, and different lengths of triathlons, but probably the the biggest event was the Race Across America. I, I was part of an eight-person team in 2012 that did the Race Across America, and we finished about middle of the pack of the race. We didn't win, but we didn't lose, and just getting across the country on a on a bike is, is quite a quite an accomplishment, and it also just as the the topic of leadership i tell you it, it, there's nothing like when you're sleep deprived and uh and and depleted from an energy uh level that that really kind of gets to your core of of who you are and 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 how you lead in a in a team environment so it's it's uh what a great way to find that out. Wow. Okay. Now, you said across America. Just so our listeners understand, that is no small feat. And and you guys had to really go through a strict regimen of training to get ready for that, right? That's correct. We trained for a little bit over a year and a half to prepare for it. And it's a little over 3,000 miles from beginning to end. And we got it done in, in right at about six and a half days. So it's a, a, a real, real good accomplishment. Wow, Scott. Okay, well, kudos to you. I don't know that I could be on a bike uh, that long, and <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I'm in fairly good shape, but that that sounds pretty intense. But you know what? It, it really dovetails into the whole idea of leadership, as you shared. You know, it takes some mental fortitude and then also just some internal drive to lead in today's organizations. And you know, we start talking about leadership in a global environment and really how people can make that leap. You know, what is the right type of leadership and why is it so important, Scott, you know, when people are trying to make this global leap? Well, I think the right type of leadership is, is really critical, especially in the global realm, because you want somebody that has a, a high degree of emotional awareness and emotional intelligence, but also an international sensitivity. Um, You've, you've got to have the flexibility to adapt to change in, in a global economy and a global marketplace, but also just from an organizational perspective with the different cultures, uh, just different time zones alone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and being able to not force a foreign country to adapt to your time zone when, when you're trying to schedule a webinar or a video conference call, that, that you actually adapt and change and and that you that you work through those those potential pitfalls or landmines very well. So it's a it's a pretty dynamic leader that's needed to to be successful in today's uh, you know worldwide or global economy. Well, Scott, and and thank you for that response. I guess you know our listeners probably would want to know if you have a business model that is working in the domestic environment here in the U.S. You know, and you get ready to make the leap. Uh, to say uh, India or somewhere like that, don't you want to take your existing business model over there, or are you saying to us that we need to be ready to do things differently in order to be successful in that global setting? Well, 
I think I think both and uh, is is the appropriate response there because I know in the past we've had successes here in the domestic marketplace that we've tried to take internationally and in some areas it's worked in some areas it has not so you mentioned India you know culturally you need to adapt to their way of doing business which is probably totally different than how the people down in Mexico do business so we've tried to take products that we've made that had a, a specific process or a series of processes to follow from from beginning to end and and make those actually happen over in India and a lot of times culturally sometimes there's a roadblock in there or or there's uh, maybe an operational infrastructure change that needs to happen so I think I think yeah ideally you would say hey what worked in Mexico can it work in India but try to not force it to work in India because then many times you're you're going to force somebody down a path instead of getting buy-in, and we all know what that's like. If you don't get the buy-in of, of who you're dealing with, then they'll be less than, than enthusiastic to support you, even if it's, even if it's in their favor. Uh, and, and as leaders, we're called to really make that transition of, you know, instead of being in a positional place to force somebody to do something, but to actually win their hearts and minds and, and, and show that, that, hey, look, I'm invested in valuing you here in India, your culture, your personality, your style. And our end goal is, you know, the point where we want to, to achieve to and, and that we're willing to adapt even the, our current domestic model uh, if we need to, to to get to that end goal. So, yeah, I think there's there's take, what's, take what works, but then also amend and make changes where you need to. Wow. You know, what you've described, Scott, is really a, a situational type of leadership. I mean, what's been given to you, you have to adapt to and still at the same time, make sure you're staying true to your business model. But I, I like the way you're explaining it because, you know, our listeners may be saying, well, you know what, I can just take what I currently have and just make it work <laughs> in a different setting. And at the end of the day, you know, your points are dead on that that may not be the best way to do it because if you want buy-in, you really have to cultivate that and, and make sure that people are on board with you. You know, if not, uh, I know in, in my years, you know, consulting and training, you'll have people that will even say to you, yes, I'm on board, but internally they have their own misgivings and they may even sabotage, you know? So have you ever had any issues like that uh, where, you know, you, you thought you had buy-in, but it really didn't work out that way or, you know, have you ever experienced anything like that? Yes. I, you know, I think part of, of the conversation that we're having is through the blood, sweat, and tears of failure that we've learned a lot of. This. <laughs> yes, so yes. I wish it was due all to greatness that we could just uh, excel, but unfortunately it's through those learnings where we fail that they're, they're very much uh, vivid. Uh, we have. We have had failures like that. We've had failures where we've gone into a, a region or a country and said, hey, I want to go up like this and I want to uh, start a specific process or even a company in that regard and, and try to infuse our leadership or infuse our directives on them. And, and there is, uh, you know, there can be at a personal level an active way of going against you because you didn't engage them or didn't involve them. Uh, but there's also then the cultural or even legal and operating rules that are different in countries that yes. might be going against you, not not for the sake of being mean, but just, hey, look, this isn't the way it works here. Right. And I think when we try to force our vision uh, on a, a, a country or a company uh, without taking in consideration uh, what's needed or, or, or even that, that nuance there, yeah, we set ourselves up for failure there. Um, but I think what that also 
brings to light is just the the air of flexibility that's needed and the air of humility that's needed of mm. being able to go into a country that you know that may need some assistance and not have all the answers but to engage them in 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 coming up to the solutions and finding the questions even though it may not be the way that I personally want to see it done I've got to be able to lower my my personal agenda or my pride or or both to to let something actually for the betterment of the organization, go a different direction. Wow. Okay. So you you know what? You're stepping on some toes here. You're talking about humility and and putting your own interests aside. Scott Garcher, you're you're going to give me problems on this show. I know I'm going to get some people <laughs> sending me some notes. My reality is this: you have people that want to you know make money. They want to move forward, you know, in life. And but when you start saying humility, you know that's that's really powerful because you know what if you can if you can coach people and understand that you don't have all the answers then you will immediately get buy in uh but the normal school of thought around that is that no you know i need to be the smartest person in the room and if I'm not the smartest person, I'm sure going to act like it for as long as I can, you know. So, you know, this whole idea of humility, does that does that cause problems? You know, is that a is that a challenge, you know, internally for some leaders today? And and how about in your organization? Well, I think that's kind of a loaded question. You said you were, I was going to give you a hard time. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's always a challenge, I think, because number one it's just so natural for us to want to have all the answers it's hard to admit when you don't you don't want to lose face as a leader you don't want to appear weak because i think those are all the standard stereotypes that you know that my boss should be smarter work harder blah 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 that we all hear about when in reality i think the biggest uh the you know the, the biggest thing that as leaders we need to do is to is to get out of the way of the smarter people that are around us, yes. but yet harness their energy and their power and get going in the right direction. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think you know, um, it's it's always an issue. I think it's always an issue in every organization that I've seen, only because we're all human, right? And that's a natural tendency. Uh, it, it's it really requires you to think a bit deeper and to gut check. Well, why am I being this way over a certain scenario or a certain process or issue that we've got cooking uh, and to really do some self-analyzation a little bit to, to, to look inside to say, okay, if I give on this specific topic or this specific situation, is it for the betterment of the company, even though I may not look as good as I want to look? Hmm. And those are those are tough things to have happen because we, we lose sight of that and we lose sight of the focus point of, look, the goal here is not to make somebody look good or bad, but the goal here is to win as an organization. And what does winning look like, you know, collectively across the globe? So it's, um, it's I think it's a challenge everywhere we look, and it's no different overseas. You know, they're in the same boat as we are as leaders over there. Right. They're trying to, get, you know, put food on their table too and, and have career advancement and so on. So it's it's very similar around the globe. Wow. All right, Scott. Well, hey, let's take a brief pause here for a second. I just want to remind our listeners that, you know, at at my blog, uh, www.drjasoncarthen.com, we actually have our podcast that will be there. You'll be able to tune in and take a listen to not only this podcast, but some of the earlier ones as well. And then also we have plenty of uh, benefits on the site. Uh, If you take a look, just kind of go around there. You'll see different things that are made available to you on the blog 
blog, and I encourage you to do that. We are actually talking to Scott Garcher. He is an amazing person. He's been doing some great things uh, for over uh, 20 years now uh, at FedEx Custom Critical, and we are talking about making the leap, the global leap, uh, in terms of business in that setting and how it's not for the faint of heart and everyone can't do it. And I think that right now, Scott, one of the things that our listeners probably want to understand a little bit better is how you actually got on this path to leadership. And and who would you say has been the most influential leader in your life thus far? Well, both both really really fun questions to to answer. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed leadership. I think as a, as even as a as a child in, in high school and jobs that I had growing up and going through college. I think you can see a trend and a thread of leadership in how, in and how I, I just existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm a natural or born leader. I, I, I become skeptical of folks that say <laughs> that at times, but that might be my own jadedness. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been something that's been, that's, uh, that is a part of my fabric and DNA. Let's, let's say that, uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy, uh, leading, Teams. I enjoy challenging situations where uh, you know where we we don't have all the rules and we don't have all the answers, but yet we do have a really good question. And mm. I think to engage a team in that and and to maybe overcome an obstacle or, or you know inherit a team that's that's not performing so well, those are all great challenges. So I I enjoy that. I take pride in that, and 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 uh, and, and really that's kind of a, a feed for me. I think the second piece to your to your question you know which is about influential leaders and i there was i've had a a, a a really good mentor in life and 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 he one point in time said you know when a when a when a student is is there a student is is ready a, a leader is, uh, is is present and and that's been true in my life mm-hmm. uh all the way back from high school uh you know and and and, and teachers that stood out to me uh, in in the most u- unique ways, you know, I had a, a really influential band teacher uh, that cared for us as students and cared for us and how we learned mm-hmm. and led not just through music but led through life. And uh, and it's one of those stories, you know, you always you always hear about people that keep in touch with their teachers, and and this is true. It's like those folks that that mean something to you. Um, you still stay connected with my father and my grandfather, both really strong leaders. So you learn from family, but then. Also, I try to take the buffet approach, which is, you know, you surround yourself with very, very smart people and very smart leaders and take take the pieces and parts from them that make sense to you right. as a leader. Leave the rest. It's okay. It's, mm-hmm. all right. it's all right to to get the nuances because I think we fall into traps as leaders to put all of our, our focus on one specific individual or one specific leadership style. And I did that for years, and, and while it got you somewhere or got me somewhere, uh, I probably wasn't the most well, well-rounded person and well-rounded leader that I could be. So, and that's I had to adapt that about eight or nine years ago to really change and actively seek out difference of opinions and difference of styles, and mm-hmm. then and then mold that to be to be my own. Excellent, excellent. So again, you know, it sounds like there is a combination of personal growth and then exposure. You know, that's that's really made you very well-rounded. Um, and also just sort of watching and modeling as well. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of, of emulation out there that, that you could see from my style that would be reflective of people that I've 
uh, that they've either taken a heart in me or that I've done with them. And, and gosh, it's 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 great to, you know, the biggest common form of flattery is stealing something from somebody else <laughs> in a right. leadership sense, not literally, <laughs> but in a leadership sense. Uh, and that helps. And that's really helped me through my career progression here at FedEx is just being able to adapt to different styles and, and use use those gifts. Excellent. Now, when you talk about that sort of thing, what do you what do you feel like a common trap new leaders would fall into? You know, when they're awarded that first leadership position. Yeah, that's that's a that's a challenging question. I think there's probably two things there, but I'll, I'll go for one. One is is a new leader that I've seen most commonly comes into their role, and not only are they more than likely trying to perform operationally on what their task is, be it operations or air or marketing or what have you. But then they're also trying to lead a group of team. And, and many times a new leader will try to befriend or be their friend mm-hmm. uh, in a leadership role. And what that does is it creates a, uh, an interesting dynamic in the sense that later on down the line, when they need to have accountability or heartfelt conversations or honest conversations that that gets a that, that becomes blurry and it yes. becomes more of a challenge to have direct conversations and i and i often coach folks it's not about that you can't be friendly it's just that you can't be friends with right. those folks that are your direct reports and there's a big difference because i i think inherently the 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 new leaders are trying to seek out acceptance and they're seeking for it in the wrong way or the maybe a way that could be got out to uh, you know in a different fashion and that's um, that's a, a, a big trap because it sets up sets a problem six months or a year later on down the road when they really need to start uh, flexing the muscle of leadership to guide or direct or make a change, which might be a little bit challenging. And, and really it's the underlying tone of instead of seeking acceptance, really seeking the fact that leadership sometimes is very lonely or you that you are alone many times in a leader because you, that's by default you have to be – uh, in, in certain times in your life in that scenario as a leader. So that's that's probably the, the number one thing that I would say. Wow, Scott. Now that's whew, that's that's deep. I, I have to pause there for a second because you know what? I've, I've always said, whether I'm coaching or training or even doing a seminar, that when you put on the mantle of leadership, it can be very heavy and it can be very lonely. And many people will go and I and I typically find it's the new leaders <laughs> that will go, oh, no, I'm ready to do this thing and I'm excited. and I have all these ideas. And then I check back probably about six to seven months later and they've really changed their tone. <laughs> they changed their tone. <laughs> and it's yes, reality is set in. And your point is so well made. I mean, it can be very lonely and. It's a tenuous balance when you have to say, okay, I like you, I like who you are as a person, but productivity-wise, we're falling short, and and I really need to have you accountable in some areas. That, all by itself, can make you feel very lonely in in terms of leadership. So I'm with you, brother. I I hear you, and uh, that can be a challenging uh, situation. And I'm hoping that those that are listening to the show well, understand that this is a progression, you know, leading in a global setting or just just leading, period. Whether you're new or you've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, you have to take what's given to you and think it through and then react accordingly. So, Scott, thank you for that nugget there. Just want to remind our listeners that at the end of the day, you know, we care about your 
individual growth. We want to make sure you are moving forward, you know, in life. And we encourage you to sign up for the Monday Morning Leadership Minute. Uh, you can do that on both websites, uh, jasoncarthen.com or drjasoncarthen.com. And we would love to stay connected with you in that way. And just as a reminder, we're talking to Scott Garcher today. And, and I know I'm learning some nuggets here, and I'm thankful to uh, have him on the call. And Scott, as we get ready to wrap up here, you know, I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, that are very, um, I guess, powerful to me. How have you failed as a leader and what did you learn through that process? Well, are you talking about this week so far? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you're as bad as I am. I thought you were going to say today. <laughs> it's early so far in the week. So uh, let's see here. I think probably the biggest failure, and this this has happened to me a couple times in leadership, is not listening to that inner voice. Mm. Uh, and I can think of a couple times in a meeting where I knew to be quiet and I didn't, or and I needed to get something done and I didn't, and you know, that inner voice really speaks to you. But I think most, the, the, the biggest time that I would, I, I, that I can think of is, is in hiring. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we've probably all, all done that over, over time where you've, maybe you're pressed for it to meet a deadline or you're pressed to have, you know, somebody's leaving and you need to backfill or you need to staff accordingly. And, and you've got good candidates, but you don't have great candidates. Mm-hmm. And so that little inner side, you know, that inner, inner voice is saying, don't settle, but you really need to kind of get moving along. Right. I think the times that I haven't listened to my inner voice have really been, been hurt in the long run. Mm. Because so much of what makes us successful about our leadership is, leadership is not technology, and it's not location, and it's not resources. It's actually people. Yes. And, and uh, people are a resource, too. But but people are, are there. They are our biggest asset. And with the right people, it doesn't matter if the computer system broke or if the if – the, if the chain, you know, was damaged, we can get through a lot of things with the right people doing the the right and correct work. If you're spent as a leader um, focused on, you know, correcting and, and changing personnel uh, and, and not focusing on the direction ahead, those are all just distractions. And so I, I think probably the biggest thing for me is, is not listening to that inner voice and hiring people that I had reservations on from the beginning mm-hmm. and then having to deal with that, not just the next month or the next two months, but I mean, we're talking years. Right. And those are really painful things. And I know hiring is more of an art than a science, right? You, right. You can only learn so much in an interview, but, but so much of that is, you know, as a leader, whether they're going to fit culturally, you know, whether they're going to fit uh, your team and, 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 and that networking and that, that, that culture that you actually have within your own work group and listen to that voice because that's a, that's a huge, huge time taker or a time maker depending on the outcome of those hiring decisions. Absolutely. And, you know, Scott, I think one of the things that you're describing there, that inner voice is also instinct. And I, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, as you have shared very eloquently, I might add, you cannot second guess yourself because you have people that – if you bring them on and they blow apart the team, <laughs> who are they going to look at, Scott? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a pretty short list. That's right. And, you know, I tell people all the time, hey, you know what? Make sure you're making that right decision before you onboard anybody because it, it really is a game changer. It, it really is. Well, Scott, let me ask you, um, if you had your career to do over again, and we're, we're almost out of time here, what would you change or do differently? that 
you just said that because when you said we're almost at that time, that would be my answer to your question. Is <laughs> as leaders, it's so important for us to manage our time well. Yes. And you know, it's easy to say that get a planner, get an get a get an assistant, get get a scheduler, whatever. The harsh reality is, is as leaders, especially in a global economy, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes. And it's and it's no longer about what you say no to. It's about what what is your biggest yes. And if you focused on the big yeses in your life, the no's will take care of themselves. And if I had that to do all over again, I guess that's probably the biggest learning I've had as a leader is about time management. But And so failing at that is probably the biggest teaching tool. But well, I've had that magic wand to help me manage my time better all along through my years of leadership. I think I would have been more productive and, and probably have a little bit different outcome. But what a great teaching tool and a great learning because I could speak to my new leaders about Hey, this is what happens when you fail at time management. Because guess what? I've I've done in exactly that over the years. So that'd be, that'd be probably my my number one my number one uh, point. Excellent, Scott. Excellent. Well, Scott, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. You have given us a lot of wisdom. I think our listeners are going to learn from that. I think I, I certainly learned some things today. And it's just good to know that we have people of your caliber in positions of leadership at places like FedEx and you know, and dealing with the global economy and expansion in that way. So I just encourage you to continue to forge ahead, keep doing what you're doing, and just know that you're appreciated. Okay? Dr. Crum, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on your show. No problem. All right, for our listeners, you know, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, again, make sure you're signing up at jasoncarthen.com. We have some great things uh, available to you. But in the interim, stay connected with us. Know that we are having our I Speak Life sessions that are coming up again in February 2015. You can register by calling 1-855-227-8436, or you can register right on the site at jasoncarthen.com. Again, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. And remember, you always, always have to make sure you are walking out your destiny on purpose every day, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Discover the Leader in You with international leadership and business expert, Dr. Jason Carthen. Dr. Jason wants to connect with you right now. Check out our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Be sure to join us again next week to discover the leader in you.